This week on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture, Father Anish, the pastor of Prince of Peace Parish in Great Bend, talks about his vocation as a priest. Who influenced Father Anish as a young boy? What does he like about what he calls his gift of the priesthood? Well, let's find out. Father Anish is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. In the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, our Heavenly Father, thank you for all your blessings and your graces. Thank you for the gift of this day. Thank you for the gift of life that you have given to each and every one of us. Continue to bless all those involved in evangelization and spreading your word. Very especially bless all those who are engaged in one way or other, Divine Mercy Radio here in Hayes. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to, to be a priest and how you came to America from India. So my name is Anish. I am from India. I belong to a religious congregation called MSFS Missionaries of St. Francis de Sales. So when I was a child, I was mostly influenced by priests and nuns. When I look back now, I see they were, God was influencing me or through them, mm. through those people, priests and nuns. There was one priest when I was sixth grade, I think, came to a parish as a pastor, uh, Father Jos Chiraparath. He used to do a lot of things, a lot of activities for kids, um, even uh, overnight programs and uh, bringing people from far away to do seminars and for our um, personality development and all those things. And nuns, you know. Uh, we had grade schools, Catholic grade school in our parish, and even for high school, I went to the neighboring parish uh, uh, to complete the high school. So all throughout Catholic education and uh, being taught by nuns, and even I remember uh, a religious nun by name Sister Rosalit, even taking a special class on Sundays um, for some some of us, and you know. My family was not that rich, you know, lower middle middle class families. So that uh, preferential option option for the uh, poor, you know, the priests and mm-hmm. nuns. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, you know, like Pope Francis says, going to the peripheries. And Pope Francis uh, would say, uh, I think in the joy of the gospel, that roadmap to evangelization, you know, uh, encounter, invite, accompany, bear fruit, and celebrate. Now, when, when I look back, those people, you know, the priests and nuns, especially these uh, two, uh, they have done all those things. Even, you know, that accompanying, not just uh, influencing, but accompanying all throughout my seminary formation and even now. And another one aspect that I have always uh, appreciated the Catholic Church, uh, uh, the contribution, uh, education, the field of education, you know, almost every uh, parishes in, in our that area, we had great schools. Uh, because when I look back and when I evaluate, uh, you know, I think if a society needs to be improved or developed, uh, the growth has to take place economically, culturally, and socially. And for that, education is very much important. When I came here, United States, the present parish where I am, 
now appointed a great band we have a great school you know uh, the previous parish where i worked uh, they said father 50 years back we had a great school yeah. so that education is very much necessary uh, for the growth of the society yeah. as i said whether it is culturally socially or economically so the contribution of the catholic church you know i always amazed at that and that contribution of the mm. catholic church and the influence uh, of the priests and nuns in my life of course you know when i think back you know god was you know talking through them you know their accompaniment in, in my life is a great influence i always you know when i think back yeah, at that time being a young child you know i didn't understand much but when i look back Uh, their contribution in their life in my in my life and many others you know ours was a small parish in the year when i ordained there was other another two more ordained the same year same day so we three of us ordained in the same uh, same day so th- wow. th- that is there is the influence yeah. um, that we had in our lives through priests and uh, nuns the yeah. contribution they have done in our lives yeah so that was really what led you is just being inspired mm-hmm. by, inspired. by the others that had, had come before you come before and, you. And, mm-hmm. and you know given their yes and and became priests and religious and their contribution and the work they have done you know yeah. for the parish and for us especially yeah. for uh, young boys and girls yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really beautiful so so what was your what was your fa- you know tell us a little bit about your family bra- background growing up you know how was faith practiced in the home what's it like in india is it you know are there lots of catholics or um share with us a little bit about what your your youth was like yeah so my parents are farmers so faith and church was very much integral to their life you know every sunday they used to go for mass and every every day uh, they used to pray the rosary my dad is very strict about that you know um i have never seen him even now when i go by he goes to bed without reci- reciting without praying the rosary the southern india uh, southern part of india we have some not we ha- some we have great number of uh, catholics and especially the state where i come from we believe that saint thomas the apostles apostle came there and preached and mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know began the christian communities so we have so many catholics and almost over 30 dioceses 30 dioceses we have so so we have that the, the, that part of india a lot of catholics and lot of priests and nuns not only in that state but there are so many nuns and priests uh, missionaries going out going out of the state rest of the india, um, rest of the part of india as well as uh, many other countries as well uh, so but i the, if you go to northern part of india we don't have as much as uh, catholics that we have in southern part mm-hmm. so Uh, and southern part mm, we can see so many catholic institutions whether it is educational as well as uh, you know m- m- medical you know hospitals uh, and the social work we can see that influence the, the contribution that the catholic church has done okay so we are now talking with father anish and uh, talking about his vocation story and um tell us a little bit about how you know what it was like you know you told us a little bit about growing up and things but but how does it contrast to to what you're experiencing now as a parish priest that's got to be huge 
Yes, it is. There is a lot of difference, as you know, definitely. You know, yeah. whether it is culturally, language, uh, food, uh, weather, time zone. There is a lot of differences. Yeah. Um, so. India, the culture, you know, there is collective culture, whereas in America it is individualistic culture. So it is everything family-oriented, you know, but here everything is individualistic culture. So efficiency is more here, um, uh, is time, you know, time frame is very much language is one of the other barriers even though i studied english but when i came here the accent is different the choice of words vocabularies is different uh, the slangs and terms and phrases they are yeah. different yeah. so there is a lot of difference but at the same time people are very nice people are very welcoming yeah. kind uh, yes so you know that is we are dealing with the people so yeah. that, that way it is it is very good though there is a lot of differences um, of culture, language, and various other things, but still, people are very, very nice. Yeah. So, so of those things, or maybe something else, what was the most difficult or challenging thing about about coming from India? You no, know, I, I, I now live in Great Bend. Okay. So, I came to the Dice of Dodge City. Okay. So, I landed in Spearville. There is a small town in um, maybe uh, east of Dodge City, maybe... 17 miles east of... Then I, I was in Dodge City for four years. Okay. Then I went to Ulysses west of Dodge City for two years. Now I am in Great Bend. So one of the most difficult... Not uh, language, I would say, you know. There is a lot of differences because when I came at the beginning, it was hard to understand, especially those who speak very fast, you know. Yeah. And in the course of time, I could figure it out. But uh, at the beginning, you know, especially those who speak a little faster. You know, your your English is amazing. You Thank really, you. You know, uh, you, you know, it's it's really, I I can't imagine how difficult that must be. But but you're really doing an amazing job. Thank you. Yeah, we are trying. You know, as you know, because we at the school we have because. India, it is a multilinguistic, multicultural, you know, country because state to state, different languages and culture. Yeah. So, I am, when I was growing up, my mother tongue. Then, in India itself, I was a missionary priest. So I had my most of my seminary formation in another state. So we had to learn that language as well a little bit, if not fluent, but a little bit. Then, in the seminary we started to learn seriously English. You know, though we had that education, English and Hindi in school, but it is after coming to the seminary that we had a serious learning of the language of English. How did, how did it come to be that you were ordained in India but are a priest in Kansas? Mm -hmm. Did you answer that already? No, I have okay. not. Right. So in Dot City, the Dice of Dot City, there was another priest belonging to my congregation working. So after, I think, six or seven years, he was planning to go back, go back to India. Mm -hmm. So the bishop here uh, dialogued with my religious superior back home, back in India. I came in that place, substituting him. And, you know, that is part of the... the Collaboration of your uh, order, yeah. right, mm -hmm. is, is to to be that missionary priest to mm -hmm. go where there is a shortage. Yeah, so, the collaboration. So that, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That's a little bit of a drive to come from Great Bend to here. Yes, thank just, you. Just just one hour, yeah. Yeah, just just one hour. Thank you. You're thank very you. welcome. That is that is Glad huge. to be here. 
Yeah, we're so, so glad to have you. So tell us a little bit about your priesthood. We heard your vocation story. How long have you been a priest? Um, almost 12 years. 12 years. And how long have you been in the United States? Uh, seven and a half. Okay, all right. Tell us a little bit about, you know, being a priest. Was it was it what you expected whenever whenever you were ordained? Um, tell us a little bit about that. I still consider, you know, it's one of the precious gifts that I have. Yeah. Because in the seminary, I have seen, because for us to join the seminary, the minimum qualification is to pass the 10th grade. So when I reached the seminary, I have seen candidates, you know, um, boys after finishing even the college. But in the course of time, in the discernment period, one or the other reason they had to leave, you know, they had to discontinue. So I feel the priesthood, you know, that I have is a precious gift God has given to me. And celebrating various sacraments, especially the Mass, it's always very joyful, satisfying, and uh, very giving in a lot of, lot of spiritual strength in my life. And being with the people, you know, listening to them and uh, just being with them, you know, giving that ear of uh, listening. I remember during COVID time, one of the nursing homes I used to visit I think he didn't have a family nearby and we were allowed to go in. Not, we were not allowed to have at that time common gatherings, but we could go to their rooms to visit individually. Yeah. So I still remember one person telling, Father, you are the only one who comes and visit me. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are instances like that, you know. So that is what gives me joy and satisfaction in my priesthood. And even uh, my friends who who studied with me in the seminary and who discontinued or who who discerned to to have other vocations, you know, uh, they tell me when I call and speak with them, it's a precious gift, please, please protect and preserve Mm -hmm. that very gift, you know. So... I, I feel that, you know, it's a precious gift God has given to me, and I am grateful for gift to him because I don't deserve, but I, I'm grateful to him for that precious gift in my life. Yeah. The COVID, the whole COVID thing was, was very difficult, but you were actually able to go into the nursing homes and spend time and minister with the people? N- not at the beginning, but uh, after three or four months. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah, not, not, not to have... A, common gatherings and mass, but we could go individually to their rooms and uh, uh, give communion and uh, talk to them and uh, pray with them. That last moment, you know, that's all what they may be looking for or what they want, you know, nothing else, you know, because even in our, the parish where I am, Great Ben, Prince of Peace, we have almost, I think, nine groups homebound ministry, nine groups, and we all take turn. We have volunteers, priests, and, you know, and nuns. We all take a turn to visit those nine groups. Uh, you know, each group maybe three, four, uh, five, or maybe, t- you know, but, you know, uh, and many of them wait for, you know, some of them, uh, when I go or the priest go, then they, they, they ask, Father, can I, can you please hear our confession, yes. you know, my confession. So th- that ministry of going 
into the periphery, not periphery, but in you know, going to the people, you know, yeah. and uh, they are not able to come to the church for various reasons. So, so that is a good ministry. So that being with the people, up for the people, so that is really satisfying. What a, what a what a beautiful you know that has got to be something that is is just very rewarding for you. Can you give us some other things that have been really rewarding as pastor at Prince of Peace? You know, tell us some of the things that that you just going. Wow, you know this—it's really cool being a priest. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the f- biggest parish I have at. You know, the previous parish was smaller in size. When I look back or when I evaluate, I learn every day something. You know, big parish. There is a great school, have many employees. So the learning process—I learn a lot of things every day, because as you know. Though it is the same sacraments back in India and here, the things done in it's differently, yeah. and it's there's a lot of difference. So one of the satisfying moments is I learn. I learn every day, other than meeting people and uh, uh, all those things. But uh, the learning process that I do, that I that the opportunity that I have yeah. every day, that one thing probably. I mean, there are so many things like, you know, as I said, you know, celebrating sacraments and being with the people and all those things. But I learn every day something new. Oh, that's really great. That, mm. That's important to you. That's yes, really very much. Very much yeah. Yeah. Because I said, you know, this is the biggest parish that I am in my, you know, so far yeah. I was at. So, so I learn a lot of that. Yes. Yeah. And, and, pe- and people are very cooperative and willing and welcoming. That's, that's also always amazed at me. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the culture in India versus, you know, the culture here. But, but you said, you know, there are a lot of differences between mass, I think, is, is what you said in India. Mm-hmm. And here, you know, we know the mass is the same, same. everywhere because yeah. the mass is the mass. Base, the mass base, but, yeah. but there are certain ways that, that we can celebrate and still you know mm-hmm. still be the same are there those kinds of differences in the way that, that you worship in india versus the way that you worship here um not in the mass really but uh, i don't know whether you know i belong to any eastern rite so eastern rite there is a lot of chanting lot of singing yeah of yeah. course it takes more time yeah. um compared to latin rite but yeah. there is a lot of chanting so there is more involvement and more, I would say, more lively. You know, that that one difference is there. But even even the sacraments um, here, it is more um, systematic order. You know, very uh, time appointment. You know, uh, time is very important here in America. Uh, we begin the mass in time. You know, all those things. The place, one state I worked. Uh, I used to go to a substation in a village, maybe just over Sundays. Even if you go there 15 minutes late, people are still happy. They are waiting and happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so such kind of small, small difference. But in essence, there is no, everything is a mass. Mm-hmm. How close together are the parishes? Is it hard to go to all the parishes in India? Are they spread out? If you think, I mean, how, how did I... It is not that far, but the transportation, the road is not that good. Okay. So here we can go, for example, highways minimum 65 miles per hour. There maybe 30, you know, and not every road is very broad and good roads. So we cannot go that speed, mm-hmm. the, the speed that we can go here. Uh, that way, 
it may appear to be far mm. but uh, if you look at the distance it is close yeah Makes sense. I, I I think it does. And mass, I guess, every week was available. Yes, yeah, every yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every day. Every you know, day. Every day. Yeah. Okay. All right. As so I very said, similar to here. Then. Yeah. But yeah. the the place where I worked, we didn't. There was no possibility to go to all the villages the, the, because I was only a missionary priest back in India. So I worked in another state. But in my home parish, every day there is yeah. mass. We need to take a short break right now, but don't change that dial. We'll be right back with more about Father Anisha's priestly vocation. We're back on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture on Divine Mercy Radio. Father Anisha's vocation as a priest. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. Father, you mentioned, we're t- by the way, we are talking with Father Anish, and he is from... Um, Prince of Peace Parish in Great Bend drove all the way here to be with us today, and we are so grateful for that. Share with us a little bit of the difference between the Eastern Rite and the Latin Rite, the Latin Rite being what we do here, you know, in our diocese. Mm -hmm. So one of the main things will be liturgy, the way liturgy is celebrated, you know, in our home parish. Ad orientum, you know, yeah. turning towards, Turn, the, turn towards, towards the, the east, east yeah. towards okay. the altar. So till liturgy of the word and uh, intercessory prayer, we turn, we face the people. Mm-hmm. Then from offertory, we face the altar, ad orientum, you know, to the yeah. east. Yeah. So then only till communion, we will be facing the um, the altar. Then after communion, again for the concluding. Uh, prayer and blessing again we face the people again yeah. so the liturgy is one of the main difference especially the chanting yes. and of course it takes more more time yeah so are you able to incorporate some of that into the the mass at prince of peace i don't think so no yeah. no okay that's that. it really especially at orientum i have found to be just very beautiful with the the priest and the people all facing towards the crucifix yeah, and yeah. just just really really beautiful facing you know towards the east and you know that that is I think the way that the early church did it I don't know probably I don't know I we just had an explanation actually our parish priest did add orientum this last Sunday at our Okay. At our parish. Now, I don't live in Hayes. I live, you know, in, in the Kansas City area. So the priests that I've talked to about it have told me it's easier to to keep focused. You know, there's not as much distraction as there is. Mm-hmm. Do you find that as well? Yeah, that is that is true. Especially when we are facing to the altar. You know, there is sure. There is not, there's, there's you're no facing dis- Jesus, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, pretty cool. To the, to the tabernacle and to the yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There is no. Of course, there is no room for. And distraction there, yes. Yeah, beautiful. Really, and especially really nice. the the chanting, mm. the songs and liturgy. Those that's very going on. What's what's going on at Prince of Peace? Uh, Prince of Peace. It used to be there used to be two parishes, uh, Saint Rose Parish and Saint Patrick Parish. I think fifteen, yeah, fifteen years back, they combined, they merged those two parishes into one parish. Prince of Peace Parish. You don't have a Prince of Peace Church, but it's a Prince of Peace Parish. So we have two churches, St. Rose and St. Patrick. Okay. 
So, so we had two worship places, you know, yeah. two worship churches. One is at the east end of the town, and one is at the west end, towards the west. Okay. Wonderful parish, wonderful people. Uh, we have a great school, which is uh, a great blessing, you know, till sixth grade. And we have around um, 180 students. Very, very, very good school parents. Uh, school parents are very supportive and they are ready to do anything for the school, uh, all the ways. We just finished our um, um, stewardship renewal. Um, we had almost, in stewardship, there is five pillars, you know, at least in our diocese uh, evangelization, prayer, formation, service, uh, hospitality. And each, on each pillar, uh, there was at least one person or one family speaking, giving witness testimony at each uh, each weekend masses. So five at St. Rose, five at St. Patrick, and five Spanish. So 15 families or 15 individuals, uh, they volunteered. They, they were willing to step up to give witness testimonies and to listen to those testimonies uh, it is amazing, yeah. and uh, it, it inspires me, and uh, it it helps me to even to to do to do more. You know, during Advent season, there is Bible Bible studies. Uh, there is um, uh, another one more priest, Father Carla, is uh, arranging Bible quiz mm -hmm. competitions. Yeah, what else? So Bible competitions. Bible quiz competition. What's the second word? Uh, quiz. Bible quiz. Um, quiz. Yes. Quiz. Got yes. it. Yeah. Okay. Bible quiz competition. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about that. That sounds pretty fun. Yeah. There are, we have different uh, Bible group, uh, groups, you know, group study. So they all come come together. I mean, we have not conducted, but it is going to happen. So uh, trivia questions. Yeah. So each one can answer yeah. and there will be prizes. Yeah. Yeah, Love that. I think. And is that just your parish or is it open just, to other parishes? Just, just our parish. Just your parish. Yes. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So do they get like a study guide? Um, I think it is Pentateuch, you know, first of five books and uh, Gospels, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, so, that's very cool. Yes. Love that. Yes. Love that. It's yeah. Good, good, good response. People are very interested and they are looking forward to it. Yeah. I, you know, we, we get the rap as Catholics, you know, that, that we don't read the Bible. So mm -hmm. I, I get really excited when I hear about things like, you know, the, the Bible quizzing. And, you mm -hmm. know, it's not true that we don't read the Bible. You know, we cycle through it in three years, right? Every yes. three years we yes. get it again, right? Yes. So, so um, you know, it, it's not true, but it is true maybe that uh, we don't spend as much time memorizing um, mm -hmm. and, and to have the Bible quiz going in depth you know yes. in deep you know reading deep and depth yes yeah when yeah. we when we when we have to do these kinds of programs then we need to uh, know the details so we read in depth or you know yeah. try to know more details yeah so how did the Bible quiz come to be no I mean it is going to happen in next week yeah so it is in the progress well what started the idea though how did how did that uh, how did that occur who thought of the idea father Carla the other priest okay. you know mm -hmm. okay yes. all right that's it's very exciting yes Do you have a lot of people participating I think so yes. yeah yes very 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 nice all right so what else is going on at the parish mm. we just finished our um, uh, stewardship renewal. We had a parish mission, which was very good. Uh, Deacon Ralph Poyo okay. is the founder of a new evangelization ministry. Yeah. So he came over 
to do a parish mission on Eucharistic renewal. So that was well attended, and uh, there were, I mean, he's a founder of New Evangelization Ministry, and he's a well-known speaker. So we had a good turnout, and uh, people were very happy that he was there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then we are planning to uh, have a, a workshop on golden gifted because stewardship is all about you know uh, sharing our time talent and treasure you know a grateful response of a christian disciple who recognizes and receives god's gift and shares these gifts in love of god and neighbor so trying to find out you know what what is what are the gifts that each of us possess so we are in a process of uh, uh, having a workshop we have not decided when it is going to be uh, a golden gifted workshop yeah. So there are activities, many activities going on. It sounds like it. Lots of great things going on yes, at, yes. at Prince of Peace. It sounds like a great, active, active parish. And people are very cooperative, and uh, yes. And there are so many groups. As you know, every parish has so many groups, and they do a lot of uh, group activities and Bible studies. Father, we have just about 11 minutes left. So what would you like our listeners to know? What would you like to share either about your parish, about India, about the order that you belong to? What would you like to share with us in the next 11 minutes? You know, America is a wonderful country and amazing people, very kind, very generous, welcoming, understanding, supportive, generous, grateful. Um, I would say, you know, we just celebrated our Thanksgiving, you know. Mm-hmm. In our culture, in back in India, we don't have that, you know. I always, you know, after coming here, I thought it's a, it's a very good, just a very good thing to have that Thanksgiving, being grateful. I would say, let us be more grateful to God for all the blessings and the graces that God has been showering upon us each and every moment of our life. You know, that phrase, God bless America, you know. I feel that God really blessed America, because when I, when I, as I come from a developing world, so I can really compare, you know, when people come to me here, you know, with their struggles and challenges and all those things, uh, I will tell them, you know, if you have a means, take you one year, one year, um, you know, every year, many of you will go for a vacation, you know, a few days or one week, take you one year's vacation into a developing world country, and when you come back, you will appreciate it. Mm-hmm. what you have. Believe it or not, it opened my eyes. One person said, Father, we did some time back, we did a vacation to uh, developing world countries. And when we came back, we thanked God for the running water, mm-hmm. for a warm shower. Yeah. That is beyond imagination uh, to many, many, many people uh, how the rest of the world uh, lives or how the rest of the world works because yeah, running water is, is some places it is beyond reach, you know, yeah. good water or running water. So be more you know, grateful to God. When we were in the seminary, you know, learning English and uh, we had a craze to learn by heart some of the rhyming rhyming words and rhyming phrases, you know, maybe you might know this, uh, you know, she sells uh, seashells at the seashore, you know. Mm-hmm. So I always remember, the, you know, when I reflect upon thanksgiving or gratitude, I, rem- I that it, 
the quotation that it comes to our, my mind that we learned by heart back in the seminary while learning English. It goes like, I don't know whether I'll be able to remember the full thing. It goes like this, uh, an attitude of gratitude together with fortitude and promptitude gives us a certitude that we have an aptitude for the multitude of virtues which will enlarge the magnitude of our hearts. So I feel, you know, if you are more grateful yeah. to God, yes, we'll have more satisfaction, contentment, joy, peace in our lives. You know, I, I, I remember reading a book once where it was talking about something very similar to what you're saying. And she said that, you know, money was tied and you know when she would when she would get overwhelmed with all the things doing with her family it's been years ago but but what i remember is she made a poster of pictures of people in in third world countries that you know were in many cases starving or mm -hmm. you know just living in harsh conditions or whatever it is and she had this poster and she would go and sit in front of it and you know then all of a sudden you know how can we complain we're in a warm home we do have food to eat, maybe not in abundance, but you know, if money's tight, maybe not in abundance, but but definitely, you know, food to eat and a warm house, clothing, you know. The how, basic necessities, yeah, right? How can we complain, right? When you look at pictures like that, mm -hmm. you know, and and you know, I I hear a lot of people that say, you know, they sit in front of a crucifix and mm -hmm. you know think, you know, he did this for me. You mm -hmm. know, why should I be ungrateful? Mm -hmm. You know, I mm -hmm. should be completely grateful, really live my life for God. So yes. I, I really love that, that you brought up, you know, that, that subject. Because this Thanksgiving, that feast, that, that holy, and that, yeah. that, that has always really inspired me, you know. Yeah. Of course, because that is, a, I think that is one of the longest holiday weekend in America, yeah. yes. And we all look forward, you know, yeah. um, so that Thanksgiving aspect. And for us, you know, Catholics, Eucharist is, yeah. Thanksgiving, you know, yeah. the meaning Eucharist means Thanksgiving. Yeah. So it's very much connected to even for us, you know, yeah. in our daily lives. You know, yet we have, you know, the the rioters and the tearing down of statues and uh, oh, my goodness, yeah. what in the world is going on? You know, it just, you know, there's no way to explain it other yes, than evil yes, and yes, selfishness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ego or, um, you know, the gift of God, you know, for yeah. example, when I go back to my home parish, some of them, Father Anish, you go to your grandma's smile. So everything is a gift. Yeah. Even, 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 you know, it is not mine, you know, it's a gift. Yeah. Thank you, Father Anish, and thank you, family, for tuning into this week's Double Edged Sword Show, Cutting to the Heart of a Deceptive Culture. If you're a business or service that can support this Double Edged Sword Show, please note that your underwriting will run three times during this show, which runs five times a week. Just call 785 621 4110. You're listening to the network of radio stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, pardon not your heart.